0: Is it safe to say that all we want is a happy ever after, and they were happily ever after the end, and the book closed, and everybody fell asleep, safe and snug in whatever they thought was right in the world? Yeah, I know, me too, right? Why does that not happen? We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast. I'm your host, James Ellis. This podcast has one simple goal, to change the conversation around recruiting, employer brand, and hiring. Simple as that. The only way we can do that is by making this a 100% no-pitch zone, meaning no one's making any money, no one's giving any money, nobody's sponsoring anything. So please, come join us, come learn, come engage in this conversation, come grow our industry with me. Uh, If you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter, at TheWarForTalent, or you can look at our website, thetalentcast.com. Otherwise, let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. Uh, once upon a time, I went and spoke at places like RecruitCon and uh, Social Recruiting Strategies, uh, links in the show notes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but I want to talk today very specifically about storytelling. Now, storytelling is one of those things where everybody thinks they know what they're talking about, and everybody thinks, oh, we're already doing that, or worse yet, they think someone else is doing it for them. And I think that in recruiting especially, recruiting has a core place where storytelling can have a huge impact, but we've, we're we doing something wrong, frankly. So let's start by breaking down the concept of storytelling. First off, why do we even care about a story? Well, the trick is if I gave you a series of data points, you'll forget them. If I give you a series of bullet points, you'll forget them. If I tell you a story and get you emotionally hooked into that story, you will remember. Right? Simply simply put, the reason why so many of us can recite uh, quotes and plot lines of movies like Star Wars from 1976 7 I'm old, uh, or whatever your particular um, really old movie is, Mary Poppins when you saw it when you were 10, or whatever that movie is, is because the story sticks. You be, It emotionally resonates with you, and you remember it in a, on a level far, far different than you did uh, any other data point. So for example, if I asked you, in you were 10, what was your favorite movie? You would answer, and I would say, give me the plot of that movie that you haven't seen since you were 10. You could probably break down that plot pretty well. If I then asked you, what was your phone number? when you were 10, uh, exactly, storytelling matters, storytelling resonates, it sticks, it keeps you going, and it has an emotional core that we all say that we want to get at, right? We want to be emotional in our recruiting, we want to get people excited, we don't want people to fall in love and have passion, and you know, all those are our emotional words, and yet somehow when you look at everything we do, you kind of got to ask yourself, where's the emotion, where's the love, where's the story? So let's break down what a story is, right? There are a couple of pieces of story, There's, and I'm going to not do every piece of story, but there are a couple elements that you kind of have to have in order for this to be a story, right? A protagonist, for one, meaning who is the hero of this story? Now, I don't mean hero as in male, masculine, uh, cape-wearing superhero. I mean whoever is in charge of the story, whoever you're supposed to root for in the story, whether it's a hobbit, whether it's... Uh, you know, Mary Poppins or the family or whatever, you know, they're, they're sort of protagonists to this story. The trick is that when we tell stories as a company, we occasionally and not so occasionally, and maybe pretty much every single time, put the company as the protagonist in the story. And honestly, that doesn't make any sense. The only reason that makes, the only time that makes sense is if you decided to invest in that company and you want, you're you buying into that narrative, right? You're buying into that storyline. You're saying Facebook is being battered by government uh, entities and the media and fake news, et cetera, et cetera, and they are going to weather this storm and become better for it, and therefore that's why you should invest in them. By the way, that's all bullshit. Uh, Facebook is the worst, and maybe one day I'll have a whole episode on why Facebook is the worst, and it's not going to be today. But you only tell a story where the company is the protagonist if you want someone to invest in the company. Some of you are quibbling. Isn't that what recruiting is? You want them to invest their future in it? Ah, yes and no. No, because really, if the company succeeds and I fail, uh, mm, that's not really much of a story for me. The protagonist has to be the candidate. It has to be. Like I've said before in other presentations, you know, you can be, you know, do you want to be Bilbo? Do you want to be the ranger? Or do you want to be the horse? Or do you want to be Sauron? Isn't that, am I pronouncing that right? The bad guy? and The evil guy? You don't want to be those things. You want to be the hero of the story in whatever capacity that is. And that means if you want the candidate to engage in a story with you, you have to make them the protagonist. You have to make them the hero. Okay, so that's a protagonist, so element numero uno. Numero dos, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, that's number two. The antagonist, meaning what is getting in the protagonist's way? Now, there's a lot of ways to look at that. One, sometimes in some stories, the antagonist is another person, right? You have good versus evil. You have the good person versus the bad person in their fight to the whatever, the death or the the, the pain or whatever you want to say. There's a good and a bad, right? The protagonist, the antagonist. Sometimes the antagonist isn't a person. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's uh, a organization. Sometimes it's um, man's inhumanity to man. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it's the feeling that you are a cog in a very large machine that you don't matter at all. So there's all sorts of things that can be the antagonist. Who's the antagonist in Kafka's? Um, oh God, uh, *Metamorphosis*. Right. It's not a person who's turned him into a cockroach. It's the feeling that the world doesn't exist or the world doesn't matter or that he doesn't matter in the world. That's the antagonist, right? In a a kind of way, he is his own antagonist, right? That's complex. That's very complicated. So who in your story is your antagonist? And we're going to get back to that because that's a complicated question. Three, there's a location. I'm sorry, you just can't have a story without some sort of place and time, right? You know, where are you? Is it the mountains? Is it the beach? Is it the snow? Is it outer space? Is it a planet I've never, ever seen before? Was it in the past? Is it in the future? Is it now? Is it in the very, 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 very near future? Or is it the very, very near past? Is this an 80s revival? Or is this going to be someplace that never, really, ever happened? You have to define a location and time. That's important in storytelling because otherwise it doesn't feel real. Right? If you just said Bob is doing a thing and Susan did a thing to Bob, who's the protagonist and who's the antagonist? Very complicated. Now if I tell you that this happened in the past, you'd immediately assume, probably rightly, that Bob is the antagonist and Susan is the, is the protagonist because Bob is doing crap to Sue. Susan and Susan has to take it because it's in the past. It's the 50s. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. What if it's in the future? Well, I don't know. It's complicated what if whatever it doesn't matter you have to define a location in time and you can tell right here and now that i'm kind of making this up as i go along with very 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 few notes yes for those of you who don't remember not scripted anywho and then really most importantly in a story is a goal let's go to finding nemo right and i think if you go to pixar movies that's probably one of the most pure elements of story, right? Everything about, you know, there's characters and there's places and there's locations and there's protagonists and antagonists and supporting players and non-supporting players and there's comic relief and what have you. But in the end, it's very simple. There's a protagonist and an antagonist with a time and place and a goal, right? It doesn't have to get too complicated. It can be Pixar. And by the way, Ratatouille, uh, Finding Nemo, doesn't matter. These are great stories. These are very, very well-done, emotional, complex stories that resonate. I haven't seen uh, Finding Nemo except that one time it came out, you know, on video right after the theaters. What was that, 10, 12 years ago? I still know the storyline pretty well. That should tell you that the storyline matters, that stories stick. The goal was that the dad needed to find his son. He had to find Nemo. Even though the son had been carried away, uh, up by a boat and put in a fish tank in a dentist's office. You had to find Nemo. That was the goal. All else could work or not work. That was not the goal. What is the goal in storytelling for your candidate? What is their goal? The problem, I think, on a lot of levels is that we never seem to stop to define what that is. So let's talk about it. So in the story, oh, oh wait, before I get to that. Where does the story happen? Not in the where does the story take place, because at some point it takes place at your company, right, if you're doing this right. But where does the story live? Is it a book? Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it a podcast? Is it a series of articles? Is it where does, you know, and I think when we skip that part and we wonder where does that story happen, we miss something. A lot of people seem to assume that the story has to happen in video, and that's completely wrong. In fact, on a lot of levels, video is the hardest place to make that story work. There's a reason why it costs millions and millions of dollars to make a good movie, right? A good movie that's, you know, more than 10 seconds right? You want to be able to see, oh, who's here's the protagonist and here's what motivates them and here's the antagonist and here's what's motivating them. Here's the time and the place and here's the goal and they fail at the goal or they're given a task. And, you know, you go straight up to Joseph Campbell Campbell and the, 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 the myth-making stuff and you say, here's the task, here's the goal, and here's the wise old uh, wizard who will give them what they need along the way, but the wizard will fall away at some point and the hero, the protagonist, has to make a decision and go into the scary place and do the scary thing and walks away victorious or not not. Um, that's a story. The reason why it costs millions of dollars to make Star Wars was not the special effects is because making a movie is hard. It's very, very, very hard. Even if you're just trying to shoot it on your, on your phone, go ahead, do me a favor. You've got two hours. Go shoot a five-minute movie on your phone that has a clear protagonist, antagonist, location, time, and goal, and then put a plot to it and tell me how it goes. It's going to go pretty badly. Video is very, very, very subtle as a medium. And I know this is the same medium Michael Bay works in. However, it is very subtle. The, a wrong edit, a wrong line reading can completely destroy the story. It's very, there's so many ways for the story to fall apart in video. That's why it's so expensive. You take multiple takes. You edit for weeks months. You really fine tune and you add music or you don't add music and all this stuff. Video is very hard to make a story work. It's easy to tell information. It's easy to say, oh, here's my favorite. Here's a day in the life. Here, we took a couple of quick five second videos of someone waking up and getting their coffee and going to work and here's their drive and here's the parking lot and here's the the front desk that they walk by every morning and someone says good morning in very happy ways and they go and they badge their way into the office and you can see a little bit of where their office is and what it looks like is it big is it small is it cozy is it big is it warehouse like is it bullpen is it office whatever oh look this is this person's office oh look they, they stare at a computer most of the day oh look they went to a meeting i'm falling asleep oh well look here they've decided to go to lunch good god why are we still watching this oh look another meeting oh look another computer and they go home and you know the story might be or your intention might be this is what it's like to do this job And the actual outcome is i want to stick needles in my eyes this is not telling me much information this is not useful information mostly because i can't tell how it's different from every other job in the world anywho in no way is that day in the life a story it's a video it's giving information but it is not what you'd call a story watch one Tell me, who's the protagonist, who's the antagonist, and what's the goal? The goal is, the protagonist is the company itself, which we've already decided is a horrible idea. The goal is to get you to finish the movie and maybe apply, which has nothing to do with the story. It's not a story. Also, job postings are not stories. Yeah, I know job postings are complicated. Right now my head is very job posting focused. It's, job postings are a marketing tool and we've talked about in past, in past episodes about how the power of writing a good job post can really move a lot of, of, of awareness and create an emotional connection, but in no way is it a story. Simply because most people looking at the job description are not interested in the story. They want the facts, ma'am, and they want to get to them so they understand what the job is, so they can decide to apply or not apply. Speed and time is of the essence. Get out of my way. Give me what I need. Got to go buy. Jobs postings are, by their very nature, insanely, insanely transactional. Not a story. quick interruption. The goal here is to change the conversation around recruiting, hiring, and employer brand. The only way we can achieve that goal is with your help. And that is not with money, not with sponsorship. No, 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 no. It's to just simply share us and review us. Simple as that. Just review us wherever you get podcasts, share us on social media, say nice things about us or complain about us. I That really is completely fair. Uh, that's all we really ask. That's all. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, let's get back to the show. So, What is there, where does all this leave us? Great question. Storytelling should happen across medium. The story should happen in the candidate's mind, right? So think of, go back to your funnel. Go back to all the different touch points. Go ahead and, if you haven't had a, t- a chance in, in, in your job, to go back and fill and build a funnel and find out where all the touch points are that someone is in, uh, touching the candidate along the way, whether it's an ad, whether it's a job description, whether it's a phone screener, whether it's an interview process, the whole entire candidate experience. Find every single touch point, the sign at the front desk, the pitter-patter of the person doing the tour. What are they talking about? What are they focusing on? What jokes do they make? Where are they they walking them around? Do do they see the same things over and over again? What are they showing them? What are they ignoring? What what happens in the interview loop itself? What questions are being asked? What happens after the interview loop? Do you immediately respond and say, hey, someone's going to get back to you? What story are you building? Because when we talk about storytelling for recruiting, the story does not live in a video. The story does not live in the content. The story does not live in the social posts. It lives in all of them. The story you're trying to build exists in the candidate's mind. Look, you're in writing a movie, you're gonna write Star Wars all over again. You're gonna have a character, Luke Skywalker, and you're gonna say, here's a Darth Vader. Luke Skywalker's good. Darth Vader is bad, regardless of of parentage. Luke Skywalker is going to be visited by an old, wise, and wizard. Here is the lightsaber. Here is your task. You save me, Luke Skywalker. You're my only hope, Obi Wan Kenobi. And Luke Skywalker is going to fly and get Chewbacca, rawr, and the whole thing. And they're going to fly and they go to the Death Star and blow it all up and achieve the goal of saving uh, the the universe for another day. That's great. And that's a movie. You sit down for two hours and what, ten minutes, and you watch that movie. That movie does not happen to you. It resonates, it connects, it might have an emotional connection with you. You might remember it for a very long time, but the story is on the screen and you are in the seat. What we should be doing, because primarily at no point in time do we ever have the candidate just sit there for two hours and ten minutes and stare at something and absorb something because if they did, good lord, wouldn't that be amazing, but that's never happening. Instead, we have to focus on telling a a story inside the candidate's mind. You have to tell the story that they are the protagonist, that they are the hero, that they are trying to achieve something. Who is the antagonist? Is it boredom? Is it time? Is it another company? Is it another opportunity? Why is is that the antagonist and why are you the supporting wizard? Why are you the person helping, giving them the challenge, giving them a goal, giving them uh, the tools they need to wander into the the mythical scary forest and come out victorious? Why is that your job? What are you giving them? What are you asking them to do? What is the location? What is the time place? Well, the time place is now the location is wherever they live and wherever they're going to live. What is the goal? The goal is a brighter future. The goal is a chance to grow. The goal is whatever the hell it is the candidate wants. Sure, we think it's money, eh, that's not money. Guess what, it's not money. It's really about the chance to be the best person they can be, meaning to make the most money, to develop the skills that will make them the most money down the road, to develop the skills that would allow them to retire at the age of 40 so they can go ahead and charity work for the rest of their lives and really give back to the world. The opportunity to do something so famous a building gets named after them. They patent 17,000 things. 60 Minutes does a profile on them. What is the thing that motivates them? Is it the chance to just do just enough work to get home and hang out with their family? Because that's what they care about most. Do they have a hobby outside of work that they care about more than work itself? Right. If they care about what can they do to make sure that they have food and rent paid and health insurance so they can go out and become the world's greatest underwater basket weaver? Is that what they care about? Is that their goal? You can't tell a story unless you know their goal. And that's where things get really complicated and really interesting. Because if we go back to all the episodes we've talked about employer brand on, you have to remember, you have to understand what your company is there to give that candidate. What is of value to them? Are you giving them money? Yes, but every job gives money, right? You understand that. That's why it's called a job and not called charity work or a hobby. They're given money. You give more, you give less. Uh, Okay, that's quibbling. The fact that massive companies can give massive salaries, that's great and all, but massive salaries in support of what? So they can retire? So they can invest in seven years and buy a mansion and do nothing for the rest of their life? That sounds interesting, but then you go, but then what happens? so they can go start their own company? Oh, that's interesting. What if you could help them start their own company inside your company and do it next year instead of waiting seven years to vest? Hmm? This is why understanding your employer brand is so important. Being willing to say what you do and what you don't do and being able to project that out to the world allows you to say, hey candidate, whose goal is to change the world, that's our goal too. Let's do it together. Let's help each other achieve that goal together. That's a story. Now if it turns out that you're trying to change the world and you're trying to hire someone whose sole value, sole uh, goal is going to be make as much money and retire at 37, well it's a tougher sell, but that's okay because that person wasn't going to be happy where you are anyway. Being able to engage in your employer brand as a story and make them understand the goal of this story is to get them to X and Y and Z a world that they want to be in, a future that they want to have, that's an employer brand, and that's how you do it through story, right? If you say the future, and we've talked about the future a bit before, if you say the future is to make a lot of money, congratulations, you're going to attract people who want to make the most money. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with money. I kind of like money. I kind of like it a lot. But it's not the only thing, nor will it ever be the only thing. Money is a way of keeping score. Money is a way of telling a story. Money is a means to something else. To do what? To wear the best clothes? To have the nicest car? To buy the, build the biggest house? To buy a boat and sail around the world? What then? What then? You need to know what the future is that you're offering and align it to the future they want. That's why you're only gonna attract 5% of anybody, even the biggest companies in the world, they're not what everybody wants. There's no such thing as a future everybody wants. Someone will, always, someone will always have a different sense of what their future is. So when you tell a story through candidate conversations and recruiter conversations and job postings and videos and content and the interview process and candidate experience and how you uh, uh, reject them or, keep, or send them an offer, all of it is a story to get them to understand and to a goal that they care about. And part of your job as the storyteller, the weaver of these threads, as it were, is to know what goal they want to go for. What goal is worth fighting for? What goal? <laughs> I told this to my little sister. Uh, I think I mentioned this before a long time ago. I said, in the end, life is all about understanding what you're willing to take a punch for. What's worth a little bit of sacrifice for? Everybody wants to be comfortable. Everybody wants to be richer. Everybody wants to be taller and thinner and have six-pack abs and all that good stuff. What are you willing to fight for? What are you willing to take a little pain for? If you're willing to be hungry at lunch every day, you're going to get thinner. If you're not willing to be hungry at lunch in the middle of the day, the goal of being thinner isn't something you're willing to take that hit for, to take that hurt for, to take that punch for. So what are they willing to take the hit for? And if you're willing to give it to them, they're willing to take that punch for it, fantastic. You are in alignment. You can now tell a story together. You can tell a story that they go, yep, I want to be part of this story. And that's tough because on one hand, this is a story that's scattered across many, 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 many different elements, right? Just because you have it, uh, a piece of content in your glass door doesn't mean they're going to see it. And another piece of content on your blog doesn't mean they're going to see it. And another piece of content that your recruiter sends them doesn't mean they're going to see it. So you have to find a way to weave these threads together to allow the candidate to connect the dots on their own, to see a narrative of where they are and where they want to be and how you support them in their goal, how you can become their Obi-Wan Kenobi, as it were, right? who's the character uh, uh, oh god I'm blanking I'm blanking I'm thinking Devil worst Prada which is a, a movie I think is fantastic um, Stanley Tucci Stanley Tucci's character is the Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm trying to make this a non-male-centric thing, and the best one I went with was Devil Devil Wears Prada. I love Stanley Tucci. Anybody who doesn't love Stanley Tucci, I don't understand. Anyway, Stanley Tucci is the Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's the wise wizard who knows the ins and outs, who helps the protagonist get to where they want. Who is—how do you become the Stanley Tucci of that story? That's the question. That's how you tell a story. And it starts by saying, I'm going to help you do this, and if a candidate doesn't want to do that, guess what? You're not in a story, and they're walking away, and that's fine. You need to find people who care about the story you're trying to tell. And again, it's not in day of life videos. It's not in by itself. It's not in an article. It's not in a profile. Those things help. Those things are threads in a very large tapestry of a story. But if you say, ah, we need to tell a story. Let's put it in a video. Nope. No, it doesn't connect. It, no one will watch it. It will never resonate. It will never stick for the longest period of time. The best videos you see are ones that add to a larger sense of what the story is, right? We, I think I've talked about the New Zealand Police Force video, right? It's a great video. It's great because they use what's on the ground. They use what they have available. They didn't decide, ah, we need a tracking shot from the air. We better hire a helicopter. No, what they said is, we have a helicopter. Let's find a way to use it. We have a marching band, let's find a way to use it. We have a marine union, let's find a way to use it. Right? And they told the great they had they had a great message to it. Is it a story? No. But it connects the dots and it starts to say, you're the protagonist, you might find value in this place. Let's tell the story together. Let's find a way for you to start your journey. This is the way you kick off that journey. By this video says you should consider this journey with us. And there's a lot more to that story that I don't go into because I never got past the video because I don't live in New Zealand. But that's what we mean by storytelling for recruiting. The recruiter has a role. The employer branding has a role. The technology has a role. The ATS, God help us, has a role. Social media, video, the blog, uh, your interview loops, uh, the sorcerer or the, can- the, the, the coordinator who walks them around the office and tells stories about what the office is really like. They all have a piece of the story. But what's the story? What is the goal it's trying to serve? And that's what you got to figure out. It's the hard part, yeah. But that's the that's the part you got to figure out. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. So I'll see you next week. Uh, share it. Let all your nerdy employer brand recruitment marketers type friends know about this thing. Uh, review us if you got a minute. Uh, otherwise, I will see you next week. Thanks very much. Bye.